This episode is the 13th in a series of 200 on uh, private equity. So let's pick up where we left off with tax-free asset acquisitions. So for tax-free asset acquisitions, if the target is a C-corporation, the firm's shareholders will not recognize a gain or loss on the receipt of the acquiring firm's stock. The stockholders will be taxed on their boot if the boot is either a capital gain or dividend. The amount taxed here will be equal to the lesser of either the boot or the total gain on the transaction. These stockholders may also be sub subject to a 3.8% tax on net investment income. For the buyer, she, he, or it will not recognize gain or loss in the transaction and will obtain a carryover basis in the target's assets. Finally, the target will not recognize a gain or loss in the reorganization. If the target is a S corporation, the tax treatment for the target shareholders depends on whether 26 U.S.C. 356 or 26 U.S.C. 1368 applies. If the former applies and the parent subsidiary merges into the target in exchange for the parent's budding stock and other permissible consideration, the shareholders will be taxed on their boot if the boot is either a capital gain or dividend. On the other hand, if 26 U.S.C. 1368 applies, any boot the S-Corporation shareholder receives may be tax-free. For the buyer, she, he, or it will generally not recognize any gain or loss on the transaction. For the seller, she, he, or it will also not recognize any gain or loss in the transaction and will have an unchanged asset basis. So that's the conclusion of this section on tax-free uh, asset acquisition. So let me cover exclusivity agreements uh, briefly. In PE acquisitions and auctions, an exclusivity agreement uh, is an agreement by one party not to negotiate with anyone other than the other party um, to the exclusive agree exclusivity agreement uh, for a set period of time. Much like a term sheet or a confidentiality agreement, the, exclusive the exclusivity agreement is entered into before the main acquisition agreement is signed. Auction exclusivity agreements typically last from 2 to 30 days. Uh, if a PE analyst, yeah, if a PE analyst is participating in an auction process, the signing of the exclusivity agreement signifies the end of the initial bidding stage. Exclusivity agreements tend to benefit buyers more than sellers because these contracts permit the buyer to conduct a complete due diligence and negotiate the transaction without worrying about competing buyers. Um, obtaining financing and shift leverage in, in the negotiations. Uh, exclusivity agreements usually include uh, clauses covering the contract's duration, uh, a covenant clause to ensure ongoing exclusivity uh, after the signing of the acquisition agreement, a negative covenant of restricting the seller from quote-unquote shopping of the target to other buyers during the exclusivity period, a clause covering consideration of the time and expense the buyer incurs with the transaction, uh, provisions for extensions, uh, and a fiduciary out. Finally, because uh, many uh, states, um, in the United States I'm talking about, uh, impose a requirement on incorporated firm boards to exercise a duty of care before uh, entering into an acquisition agreement or merger, um, PE funds may have to ensure that the board can consider other superior officers uh, after uh, signing the no-shop covenant, right? So let me talk briefly about confidentiality agreements and I'll just stop, right? So in PE transactions, a confidentiality agreement places the parties on notice that certain matters are confidential and clears misunderstandings as to what auctions the parties can engage 
what's at, well, I'm sorry, what actions the parties can engage in during the initial stages of the deal. If the transaction is a joint venture or M&A deal where the buyers will issue equity as consideration, it is more common for the parties to use a mutual confidentiality agreement. By way of contrast, if the PE transaction is using cash consideration, uh, chances are that a unilateral, confidential, a unilateral confidentiality agreement will be used because only the seller has to disclose confidential information. Uh, Fun should note, though, that even in matters uh, where there is a team member um, included to provide a unilateral confidentiality agreement, a mutual agreement may be more fitting because each party may provide information to the other at some point during the deal. Uh, mutual confidentiality agreements are more balanced than unilateral forms, uh, and there are matters besides actual business information that both parties uh, may want to keep confidential. Any confidentiality agreement should be signed ideally before disclosures are made, and uh, if disclosures are made before the agreement's uh, signature, the agreement should relate back to those disclosures, right? So it's good practice to separate a confidentiality agreement from a term sheet because a party may need to conduct due diligence on non-public information before disclosing the term sheet. Term sheets often take a long period to negotiate. Confidentiality agreement clauses can be quite lengthy. And if the parties decide to forego a term sheet and do not have a separate non-disclosure agreement in place, information may be disclosed without any uh, contractual protection. And that uh, concludes this short session uh, on private equity.